You know, I used to think that me and Tommy didn't talk during the week about sermons and what God was giving me or put on my heart. But daggone it, all three of these songs are right in line with what we're going to talk about this morning. And You know, even, I probably need it more than y'all do. I need, I need more affirmation than y'all do. I've got to know that I'm in line with what God wants and, and what he's talking about. But, I mean, those three songs, they all dealt with who God is and who God should be in our lives. And uh, the song before last, it, I grabbed my Bible. This ain't part of the sermon, but maybe it could be. But I'm going to read it to you anyway. Actually, it very well could tie in. Maybe that's why I got it. Genesis 1, starting with verse 2. This is after God created heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the, on the, face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. He was... he. We start our day off in the morning, don't we? That's when most of us start our day, is in the morning. And Scripture is indicating that the day is night, and then comes morning. So the day would start in the night. It doesn't mean a whole lot until you start thinking about what type of darkness did God bring you out of? That's when you really started to see, man, there it is. That's when you started to see what life was about, is when God entered in. You thought you had it all wrapped up. You thought that your life was, was all of it, but it took God to enter in, and now you're able to start seeing. It wouldn't be like living in the darkness, where you're not able to see. Even though we were living without Christ, we really weren't, but we were. Y'all figure that out yourself. But how gracious was God to come and put his light into the world? How gracious was God to come and put himself in you? Aren't we just a bunch of hypocrites? Don't we just run around in the woes and the boy I wish and man I wish and how life is so just overwhelming, and we live in such despair. It's, it's every day. We, we all have something to complain. I don't understand, but we complain every day about something. Have you ever gone one whole day without complaining about something? Now, you, you better be honest. Jesus is looking. But isn't that just us? We've, we've got to find something in our life to complain. What do we get out of that? 
What does that actually do for us to complain the way that we do? The only thing it does to me is sucks my time up. If I'm going to complain, ain't nothing happening. I'm not doing anything about it. Nobody else around me is applying anything to it. All I've done for the past two or three hours is complain about the weather. I mean, two or three hours, you can get a lot done if you actually tried. But we, we like to complain. And see, that is what I think. Man, this is going right on into the Scripture. Tommy, go ahead and go to Jeremiah. This is playing right into, the, right into this little word here because this is exactly what happened with Judah. In Jeremiah chapter 2, I wasn't going to read the, the whole chapter, but we, we're going to do the first 13 verses. So stay awake. Hit your neighbor and just, this is God's word. This isn't Rocky talking. This is God's word. But it starts off, this is, this is God's case against Israel. God's bringing up some, some legal correspondence against Israel. He's letting them know where they stand and, and where he stands and what's happening. And he says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, talking about Jeremiah, came to me saying, go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, thus says the Lord, I remember you. I remember you. The kindness of your youth. The love of your betrothal. When you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. He's saying, when you, when you, when you came to me, when you went after me, when your focus was on me, he said, I remember that. Israel was a holiness to the Lord. They were set aside for God. He remembers this. The first fruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What injustice have your fathers found in me? Uh-oh. He went from praising them and talking about them and, and what he remembered and what, what he was used to. And now all of a sudden he flips the script on them. What injustice has your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me? What, what have you found against God? What, what, what honestly can you say that you can bring up against God that he would find you so far from him? Convicting word this morning, Pastor. What have we found? Are you digging? Are you looking? Are you searching? Are you looking inside your heart and going, God, what, what is it that you've done to me that causes me to get so far from you? 
that, that would allow me not to look upon you as my Lord, but just some mystical being that is there to be my Santa Claus when I'm in need. What have we done? What have you done? You followed idols. We're going to get into it. And have become idolaters. Neither did they say, where is the Lord? Who brought us up out of the land of Egypt? Who led us through the wilderness? God brought you out of bondage? Has God set you free? If then what has he done against you? Through the land of deserts and pits, anybody ever been there? Yes. Lord. <laughs> I, I, the pits I can deal with. The, the deserts, I, I seem to look at deserts a little differently than what most people look at deserts now. Because the deserts wasn't really that bad. God took care of his people in the deserts. God was always there. He led them by the hand. He'd give them food. He'd give them drink. He'd give them direction. He'd give them shelter. He'd give them warmth, care. So the wilderness isn't, never mind. So when you're complaining, think about it. Through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwells. I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness. Are y'all hearing Jeremiah? Jeremiah is preaching. He is telling the people, what, what have you brought up against God that you have turned and that everything else that you involve yourself in is, is more important than the one that has allowed you to involve yourself to begin with. He carries your very breath in his hand, but yet we look at him as he's a filler. We ain't got nothing else to do. Let's go to church. We ain't got nothing else to do. Let's read the Bible. We ain't got to... But see, if we ain't got nothing else to do, instead of reading the Bible or getting in God's face, we'll go lay on the couch and go, never mind. Pastor, you're getting too nosy this morning. But when you entered, you defiled the land. You defiled my land. I set it up for you. And when you entered it in, your arrogance, your pride, selfishness and made my heritage an abomination the priest did not say where is the Lord the ones that I set up the ones that I've set to be the leaders they aren't even saying where is the Lord they are doing their thing and actually leading everyone else around them man does this not sound like today They always said the history will repeat itself when you don't learn by it. Look at us now. Look at us go. 
And those who handled the law did not know me. They're telling everybody on how to be something they don't even understand themselves. The rulers also transgressed against me. Boy, haven't we as a country turned our back on God. You hearing me this morning? The prophets prophesied by Baal, by Baal and walked after things that did not profit. Come on, how, how many false words do we hear that come from behind pulpits and across airways and and all we hear that's being prophesied, I want to leave my, lose my place. All that we're hearing prophesied is how God's going to prosper you and how God's going to bless you and how God's going to, and how God and how, well, what happened to when, when God said, hey, it's time for you to be holy? What happened to the times that when God says you've got to come away from them, you've got to separate, you can't be a part of them and be a part of me. You have to choose. But somehow, someway, we, we, I'm saying we, we as a church, we as a people, we as a country, somehow, someway, we have taken both and put them together and now fly is in the ointment. And we're wanting to still use it. We've mixed it. And we think it's okay. Therefore, because you've done all of this, because you've made way for yourself, because of all this, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord. And against your children's children. We were talking about this the other day. Going down the line. This, this is what God's saying. I'll bring charges against you. And not just you but your children's children. And that's not fair to them. I would hate to think now, man, I can say I'm a, I can say I'm a granddaddy. But I would hate to think that the innocence of such a one has to tend and be marked by a judgment brought on by God because of what I've done and my forefathers have done. See, you don't take it serious enough. We play the game. Oh, we do the church thing, man. We got that. 
for pass beyond the coast of Cyprus and see, send to Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods? Which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory. For what does not profit? Oh, it's going to get better. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. This is where I'm going to hang here for a while. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. The fountain of living waters. And home themselves cisterns. Broken cisterns. That can hold no water. I'm going to talk to you this morning about a title, Failed Cisterns. Failed Cisterns. You know, how many of us have ever gone and you, you understand what cisterns are? When I said the word this morning, somebody didn't really understand, said, and somebody said, I ain't never heard that word before. Somebody said that. Some, somebody said that this morning. I ain't never heard that before. I, I said, wow, reading your Bible much. But, <laughs> woo, all right, now I'm going to get loose. Okay. But cisterns were a thing back in, in, in Palestine. They, water wasn't plentiful. So they would have to do what they had to do in order to keep water from the rain seasons. In the summer, the creeks would dry up, the rivers would dry up, and they would hone these cisterns. They, these are wells. The only difference is they wouldn't dig to the water. They just dug for water. And they would go inside of these cisterns and they would put plaster around the cisterns, around this rock and the dirt. And that way it would hold water when water would come in. They would catch water off of rooftops and rainwater and things of that nature. And it was like a brackish water. It wasn't really, uh, wasn't a plentiful, nice tasting water. It kind of tasted like Deer Park versus Fiji. Or city water versus Fiji. So here these cisterns are. And, and they go in and they, they take care of this thing and they get it all set up and they get it ready. And, and if you watch the wording in there, it said that they honed for themselves. They honed themselves for themselves, cisterns. They done it for themselves. They done it their way. They didn't go where God went or where God wanted them to go. They didn't go under the direction of God. Remember when God said to dig these ditches and and I think it was uh, in 2 Kings maybe, when, when God was talking about digging the ditches in the desert. And he said, you're not going to hear the winds, you're not going to see the storms, you won't see the rain, but this valley will flood. This valley will begin to be encompassed by water. See, that was something different. They'd done it because God had directed them. These people had taken, taken away that they were going to do it their way. And they were going to quench a thirst. 
How many of you? How many of us? Dig cisterns that fail. Come on, let me help you. We, we, we've taken on relationships because we had a desire. We had a, a lost fulfillment. We had a hole. We had a vacancy. So we would seek out relationships. I don't know about you. I have. I've gone into a relationship shouldn't have. Looking for fulfillment and to find out that I had failed cisterns. I was chasing things to replace the fulfillment of my father. I wonder how many of us have we, we've gone from one job to another job to find fulfillment because we lack so much here. And we think that the grass is greener. And then you find out you still got a boss. You still punch a time clocks. Huh? You still got people that, y'all know what kind of people, right? I ain't going to try to say, but y'all know. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Some of us probably are those people. And we find ourselves yet again honing out a failed cistern. Looking to fulfill something that only God can fulfill. But yet we are determined in our way to do. Because we're looking for the fulfillment of an emotion. We're looking to fulfill carnality. We have forgotten spirituality. We don't think that God is able to reach inside of our deep little dark holes and take care of what pains us so much and what ails us so much. So we will go and we look for it ourselves. Shoot, I used to look for it in the bottle. Always looking for some man. I, I needed some relief. I, I needed something that would take care of the stress. I needed I needed something that would just clear my mind and get rid of the aggravation. And and I knew and I knew and I knew that God brought the light out of the darkness. I knew that God had brought me out of bondage. God had walked me into a country that I was to eat from a bountiful fruit of all of its goodness, but yet somehow I forsook him. Looking for another way. Not, not thinking that God would dare come and bring up judgment against me. But see, what we don't understand is anytime that we turn and we forsake God, looking to dig our own cistern, looking for a different fulfillment, we have now displaced and misplaced, we ain't misplaced him, we displaced God, and we have set another God before us, and that is which we worship. 
And God is saying, how dare you? Who, who, who told you this was okay? And he starts going down the line. Your fathers, they don't even talk about me anymore. Your pastors and, and your preachers, they, they deliver false hope. Oh, they prophesy, but they prophesy from Baal. Because see, if I can get you to focus on all the goodness that makes you feel good, you'll forget about him. Because see, he doesn't always make you feel good. Sometimes, y'all don't, okay, I'm talking to the wrong crowd. Because see, God ain't always been what I would consider good. He's always been good. I just didn't consider it because he would do something. Some of the things, I think it was you put some out. Sometimes his goodness and his favor and his grace is removing something from you. <laughs> Y'all too religious on me this morning. We, we think that God's goodness is about give, 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 give. So we've gotten so tied to that cistern. Oh, it just leaks a little bit. So you might have water for a while. You'll happen in, oh, we so good, we so good. Six months down the road. You got married couples that are taking on all these other jobs and six months down the road. You start to look at Facebook and you find out that she she left. He they done moved to other they left? What happened with them? We're digging cisterns. Broken cisterns. Well, how would you like to think? If I told you. If I told you, if you go outside and you dig a hole 12 foot deep, 8 foot wide, but you're not going to find water, but I want you to dig anyway, how many of you going to dig? So why do we? Jesus, Jesus put it like this. He actually would say that you can't do anything without him, right? Tommy, go to Romans. Go ahead and go to Romans. That'll keep me from. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but, become, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. What we, what we have done in our lives... We, we have become blind because of our foolishness. And we think that everything else is fulfilling. And Satan will make it look good. Man, it feels right. It smells right. Sounds right. Tastes right. 
looks right. It's got to be right. Talk about a sixth sense. And your sixth sense should be the Holy Spirit. We better be careful of what we chase and what we dig looking for fulfillment. You might be pleasured for a moment, but what happens when the water creeps through the cracks? Then what? What happens then? Come on, am I talking to anybody? We've never done this. We've never, we've never looked for some other type of fulfillment because we want it instantaneously. Lord, release a spirit back on these modern day women like grandma used to have. The ones that would cook all day long and make that stuff taste good. Not the, never mind. Not the ones popping in the microwave and hitting two minutes and dinner is served. But that's what we're looking for in Christianity. We want dinner served. We ain't got time. We don't have time to wait, man. This has got to go right now. Oh, we'll do it our way to get it right now. And then what we'll do, we run back to God and go, okay, God bless. Huh? Come on. You're spitting in the face of grace. You better be careful. Guilty. I know y'all can't say that because you're sitting in the holy chairs, but I, I'm sitting right here and I'm telling you, guilty. Run out and do something stupid. No, you, you knew that going good and well. You done it anyway. And then you come running back to daddy because your cistern has run dry. God ain't never failed you. Stop blaming him for what you walk in now because you've created You think that when you ask Jesus into your heart, he forgive you of all your sin and all as well. True. Come. Whatever a man soweth, that will he also reap. If you believe the Bible, you're going to have to believe it. That means when you go and ask Jesus to come into your life and to be Lord over your life, that doesn't mean all the seed that you've sown bad in the past 12 years just disappears. There's going to be a fruit. Uh-oh. I, I better sit down because y'all ain't... This ain't going to go over well at all this morning. Because you're expecting God to wipe the slate clean. See, you went out. 
You went out and cheated on your spouse last night, and you come to church today, and you ask God to forgive you, and you think everything's cool. Uh-oh. They found out after church because it was on Facebook. Now you got to deal with the fruit of the seed that you sow. Now, I'm not saying that God's grace isn't sufficient, because it is. But what I am telling you is, he's not going to, listen, if he goes against his word, this is what he's bound to. He ain't bound to your words. He's bound to his words. Well, Pastor, I was praying one day and I told God, I pointed him to Scripture. He still didn't do it. You can't use his word against him to fix you. I was just let every man be a liar. Let God be true. Have I not said it? Will I not perform it? Where do we get off? Doing our thing. Forsaking God. Putting everything else out before God. Worshiping that idol. And expect God to just be okay with it. Church, I'm telling you, if the church has ever been on dangerous ground, it's definitely on dangerous ground today. Yes, it has. Let me get, can I bring, this ain't like my spitting preaching, but y'all will be okay. All right, just hang in there with me. All these cisterns that the churches dig. You need help with that? We got to set the, the seats right. I mean, you, you have to have greeters and ushers and security and this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And people come in. Now, I'm not saying that having that's bad. This is what I'm saying is that when you do stuff like that and you're representing that's God, people begin to come in and now they worship the experience. Oh, man, it was good. Good to be in the house. Boy, wasn't that worship off the hook this morning. We worship the experience. What happens when the experience goes away? This is what happened with Judah. They're looking for everything else to fulfill what only God can fulfill. Looking to drink your water. Look, you're willing to take a drink of brackish water to quench your thirst. 
And the Bible says that if you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink the water from me, you'll never thirst again. But out from you will flow streams of living water. And you're willing, you're willing to sacrifice that. But God moves too slow, Rocky. I, I, need, I need a big rush like somebody opened up the dam. I need that. Well, if you would have been living off of what was trickling down the stream to begin with and filling some things up and setting it aside, you'd have had plenty to drink, but you was wasteful. Faithful in the little things. You, you was wasteful. Y'all not liking me this morning. I'm sorry, but not really. Man, we got to be careful. Tomorrow, is what you done yesterday worth the tomorrow that passes? And now you have to stand. And say, God, I probably shouldn't have. It's too, listen, it's too late then. What do you live for today? Most of us live, we live today for tomorrow. That's what most of us, that's human nature. Most of my day consists of what I've got to do the rest of the week. That is what my day consists of. Constantly setting appointments. Constantly going to meetings and getting that done. and Constantly writing this down. and Constantly saying, don't forget about this Thursday. And but see, I'm the only one, see? That's why it's easier for me to talk about this. Because I can, I can speak about it from experience. It's hard for you because you've not experienced any of it. So you can't really understand what I'm talking about. You will when you run out of water. You will when you go to dip down your little cup. And all you get is sand. Then what? I just pray that it won't be too late. I'll just pray that when you dip it down, that God's grace and his goodness comes right up behind you and just paddles your little tail and gets you back on your way. I hope it's not too late. We've not taken God for, we've not taken him seriously anymore. We've taken him for granted. Because I've heard this since I was heard about the rapture taking place and I've heard it all my all my life I've heard it and it's yet to happen so now I go hmm well if it ain't happened yet 
I can probably go do a couple, two or three things. And I got time. Your time's shorter now than it was 2,000 years ago. You better be careful. But isn't that who we are? Isn't that what we do? We think of tomorrow. All these failed cisterns. If I can only preach for 30 minutes, people will come back. You preach for an hour, you lose them, they'll never come back. Just look around, you know how long I preach. I preach till I'm done. And I promise you I'll finish when I get done, I promise you. But where are we? As a church, not the whole church, where are we? Have we forsaken God? I wonder if we could see in the Spirit how many words we would see over the archways of the churches. I mean, if he, if he wrote it in, in Hebrew, we wouldn't understand it. So if he wrote it in English, it would, God has left the house of Israel. I can't use that word out there because people don't know what Ichabod means, but if, if I just you spell it out for them. Because, see, we're, we're a lackadaisical generation. You, you you wait on Sunday to come and to come and to come and feed off of the pasture. Because you, you've just been busy all week. Had so much to do. No. You're forsaking God. And you're digging for yourself cisterns, broken cisterns. Because if we would put as much time, guilty if we would put as much time and effort into getting closer to God as we did getting closer to our finances or getting closer to our relationships or get... The pastor then got all holy on us this morning. No, I said guilty. I told you all about that statistic, right? Five... five Point six minutes a week is what the average pastor prays. That should scare you to wait till Sunday to come and eat. I ain't your average pastor. That's why I'm a little more bold than most because I don't care. I ain't here for you, I'm here for him. But what have we done? Where are we going? So yeah. I'm, 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 
I'm about done. So Genesis tied right into this. Because what we've done, we've lost. We've lost God in the beginning. If we can remember what it was that God took us through, if we would meditate on the things that God pulled us out of and brought us through, how much easier would it be to continue to seek Him and to love Him and for Him to become our priority, not everything else? No, I'm, I'm not against. I'm not against anything in this world as far as as far as it coming to I'm not, I'm not against prosperity I'm not against relationships I'm not I'm not against having fun I love to have fun what I am against is if that takes presence over God that's what I'm against so don't, don't come to me and go, well, you're again. No, I did not say that. I just said what you're chasing right now just offended you because it means more to you than God. And I won't recant that. That's why you offend. That's why you get your feelings hurt. Because what you are after isn't God. We're after the experience of God. Because God gives us an overflow. He wants you to have, he wants you to have the best of everything. Why? So you can use that for his kingdom. He, wa he wants you to be, he wants you to be stupid rich. He wants you to use your music talents with everything in you. He wants you to give to people. He wants you to love people. Every, everything that you have isn't for you. Somehow we've let it come from behind the pulpit. I'm going to give you some self-help sermons today. And this will make you feel good so that when you go home and you run into a problem, you'll just forsake God. You'll jump in the middle of the problem. You'll deal with the problem the best of the way that you can deal with it. And then you can come back next Sunday, and then I'm going to tell you how to get happy again for the next 30 minutes, and then on your little way. Is that what you want? Pastor, I didn't come to church to get beat up. I'm not beating you up. I'm trying to open your eyes up. Why do we continuously dig cisterns that leak? I can't waste my time on that. His well will never run dry. I'll leave you with this. Do what you want to do.
be prepared to give an account for it. I'll never tell you that you can't do something. That's religion to me. I'll tell you probably what you shouldn't do. But you do what you want to do. You live out your own conviction. All I want to do is point you to God. And I want you to understand the importance of who it is that you serve. Because without him, you're nothing. You never were. And you never will be. Without him. I don't want to labor in vain. I want to make sure that my labor brings something. And my labor is not in vain in Christ. If he's my first. What are you digging? What do you look... What, what makes you feel good, that's what you want. That's what you desire. Don't you know there are people out there that are, they want for nothing, and they're committing suicide. They've got every, they've got every cistern right now that you're digging, and their life ends than suicide. Is that what you... Doesn't profit us. I'm pleading with you this morning to change your perspective on what it is that you're going after and why. Whatever, and I'm not telling you not chase your dreams and goals. And I'm not telling you any of that. Because I have them of my own. I've got ambitions too. But I'm smart enough to know that if those ambitions are going to be something that gets between me and him, I'm not interested. Because this, the very thing that he gives me, he can take away. Ask Debbie. <laughs> She'll tell you. Wives might get some good wisdom over here. Tell your husbands, don't be praying unless they consult you. Because <laughs> sometimes we pray crazy prayers. God, if it's going to interfere with mine and your relationship, take it from me. And don't you know. All of it. We got witnesses to show you and to tell you. And let you see it. We'd have been there and done that, man. It wasn't worth it. Because we still had the joy. We didn't stop going to church because we lost it all. We didn't stop giving because we lost it all. We didn't stop. Sir. We, we probably done more. We did. Probably got. We just got. We got. Well, I was mad. <laughs> Tell God to do something and he doesn't. And then you go. 
But then we turned it and blamed on the enemy for doing it, and then we had to figure that out. But that's human nature. See, if it's something that we think is bad, we blame it on the enemy. And God's going, hey, knucklehead, I'm trying to get your attention. Would you pay attention? Chase what you want. Go after what you want. Do what you want. But be man and woman enough to take the responsibility. Because God said that I'll put a judgment out on you and your children's children. It'd be like David today. David we walked in. It was good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad we're out of here. I'll never see a church rejoice so much until I watch them go out the front door. I care for your soul. Man, I want to I hang out after all this. You know, when all this is done, everything gone, I still want to hang out. You know, I'm, Moses and Ezekiel, they can probably use a haircut. You know what I'm saying? Right? I want to hang out, man. Is what you're chasing right now worth? Is it really worth?